the Independence Exeter City podcast. This is Grecian Talk with Ollie Heptinstall, Paul Martin and Paul Sussex. Hello there and welcome to this week's Grecian Talk, the independent Exodus City podcast. I'm Ollie Hemstall and we've got a slightly depleted lineup this week. Uh, Paul Sussex is not with us. Um, he was getting the train back from Exeter yesterday, so knowing First Great Western, he's probably still there. So if you see him, um, maybe give him a lift back to uh, the southeast and he might be on next week's show. But we are joined by Paul Martin. Hello to you, Paul. Hi, Ollie. And uh, very happy birthday for yesterday. You turned 18. So uh, how was it? Yeah, it was all right, thanks. Yeah, it's a shame that the city couldn't get a win to see all the day, but no, I had a good day all round and happy birthday to you for tomorrow as well. So, oh, and we both got much. a shout out on the town as well, which was oh, obviously the highlight of my day yesterday. <laughs> it was superb. <clears throat> yeah. Um, right then, <laughs> on this week's show we got, um, we had a look back on yesterday's one-all draw at St. James Park with uh, York, of course. Um, we've got three interviews. We've got the first with John Chaloner, who Hans spoke to after yesterday's match. So we have got a, a bit of Hans on this week's show. We've also got an interview with Paul Tisdale. And uh, yeah, Hans spoke to him on the train after yesterday's match. And Aaron Davis's dad, Michael, spoke to Hans before the match. So... Hans certainly got around yesterday, didn't he? And uh, we've also got, um, we'll also look ahead to Tuesday's League 2 game with Wickham at St. James Park. And we'll also discuss League 2, of course, and certainly a big uh, day of League 2 action yesterday. That's all coming up on this week's Grecian Talk. Right then, we'll start as we normally do by looking back at yesterday's one or draw with York. And uh, Paul, I'll start by asking you, uh, should we be disappointed with a draw? Is the point against a good York side a decent result? Uh, well, I think it depends which way you look at it. Because before the game, I think most people were going into it expecting three points because York were, well, are a newly promoted side. They're new to this level. Obviously, City were on a good run and we were at home. So before the game, most people would have expected a win, I think. But at half time, you could tell that York were a decent side. They dominated the first half and then obviously took the lead early in the second half and from that position, you take the point, I think, and it was a bit of, it was a very good goal to get the point, and um, so I think from the position that they were in in the game, I think we should take the point, and it keeps us un- keeps us unbeaten in the last, since the opening day as well, so, yeah, I think, uh, before the game would have thought about a win, but I think we'd take the point, as once we saw how, that York were a good side. Yeah, I thought it was a, not a bad result, um, York got very, some very good players, didn't they, uh, Michael Coulson, really stood out for me I think he's a right winger I think he's got five goals already this season so he's certainly one to look out for him I'd be surprised if he was still at York at the end of the season um, John O'Flynn he got another goal yesterday didn't he his third in a row well a fantastic turn of form for the Irishman Paul yeah and um, it's a big improvement on last year because <clears throat> well we, we didn't really rate him at all last year I don't think he could come on and be completely ineffective during games, I think. And he struggled with injuries as well, but he's had a full pre-season under his belt this time around. He's shown that he can do it at this level before with Barnett. And, uh, yeah, he's flown up the traps this year. Yesterday wasn't his best overall performance, I don't think, but he took his goal really well, and that's what he's in the team for. So I guess you can't really complain. 
Yeah, it was in his first season. I didn't think he was too bad, actually. He got those two goals at, away at Charlton, didn't he? And at uh, Hartlepool as yeah. well. And I, I didn't think he was a bad striker, but uh, last season it well, went wrong, didn't he? I was, I was kind of hoping he went at the end of the season, but he's proved to me that he can be a decent striker, and he's uh, certainly proving that uh, so far this season. Matt Oakley, though, I've been a bit disappointed with him this season. For me, he really slowed the game down yesterday. He took about... Uh, about 10 touches on the ball before he even looked to pass it. What about you, Paul? Yeah, I'm with you on that, really. I mean, yesterday he was sort of playing all around the pitch because when Circum came off, they looked a bit confused as to what shape they were meant to be playing. And he ended up sort of on the right-hand side, which just obviously isn't his position. And he just wasn't really looking sure of what he was doing, which for an experienced player like Oakley is surprising. And it might be perhaps time for... Because Doherty is a similar player, and, well, as we'll come on to in a bit, I think he might be, might sort of earn his chance to start in the next few weeks, because Oakley hasn't really impressed as he did in his loan spell last year. No. And uh, O'Flynn and Curitan doesn't seem to be a brilliant partnership. From what I saw yesterday, they weren't particularly effective together. Do they work better as twos, when I say that, uh, John O'Flynn and uh, Bowser and Curitan and Gow? Uh, yeah, well, that would, it would seem so based on the evidence of this year so far. I mean, it seemed Curitan and O'Flynn worked together at Oxford last week, but I mean, it depends. I think that was different because it was a sort of away game counter-attacking performance, and, uh, so maybe they had more chance to use sort of their pace to get in the channels and get in behind. But yesterday, they were playing too many long balls, really, and O'Flynn and Curitan, neither of them are a threat in the air, particularly. And so I think in that respect they're perhaps too similar to work together, whereas if you think O'Flynn and Bowser and Curitan, is, Curitan and Gao as the two duos, both of them have, in Bowser and Gao, have the sort of creative player to feed O'Flynn and Curitan, who are the more natural sort of predatory strikers. So I think, yeah, they do work better in the duos that we've seen them in for the majority of the season. Yeah, and what do you think of uh, Elliot Chamberlain uh, yesterday, the 1931 signing for uh, this season? The fans, you know, pay for his wages. Uh, what do you think of his league debut, and how was he against uh, Aldershot in the JPT on, uh, when was it, last Tuesday, something like that? Last Tuesday, yeah. Uh, no, he's looked all right. He's looked pretty sharp. He seems to have a good touch, um, and he's got a bit of pace about him as well. So I think he, he looks a better bet than some of the other 1931 signings that we've had in the last few years. And I've, I've been impressed so far, and he's a good alternative to have on the bench, definitely. Okay, and uh, Tommy Doherty, I think I was really impressed with him when he came on yesterday. The tempo really increased, and the team seemed to have a bit of drive about them. And he, you know, the all-action midfielder did seem to add a bit of impetus to the uh, Grecians' play. What did you think of him yesterday, Paul? Yeah, again, I agree with you on that, because, um, well, as we sort of said, Oakley's been disappointing, and... Doherty, I remember seeing him play for Wickham when they played us a few years ago in League Two, and I thought he was a good player then. And he just look, he looks sort of in con- in control. He looks comfortable in possession, and he's got a good range of passing on him as well. Whereas Oakley yesterday was trying too many sort of adventurous long balls that just ended up drifting out to nothing. Doherty was keeping it a bit more simple, finding people in red and white shirts, and as I say, the tempo increased as a result. So, yeah, I think he's definitely pushing for a place, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in for Oakley, possibly not on Tuesday, but definitely in the next month or so, I think. Yeah, I was a bit surprised, really, that Doherty was playing in uh, the conference last season, because I think he's a very decent player indeed. Um, El- no, we've done Elliot Chamberlain, haven't we? So we're going to Pat Baldwin. Um, well, I don't know what to say, really. Just hoofing it, wasn't he, aimlessly yesterday. Has he forgotten how to pass the ball, Paul? It would seem so. 
on yesterday's evidence because, um, yeah, to, the amount of times yesterday he would just get it and just sort of lump it forward to nobody in particular. I mean, well, I lost count of it really because, and it was disappointing because in his loan spell last year, he seemed to be a sort of, for, for a lower league defender, a cultured centre-half. He would play the ball out from the back, he would find men in midfield and they would start attacks. But yesterday he was completely the opposite. And he's also looked a bit uh, susceptible to trying to dribble his way out from the back as well because he's been caught a couple of times this season already doing that. was caught yesterday and luckily the guy was offside. One of them, the, I wasn't sure how, but he was. And uh, so he got a bit lucky with that as well. So no, not his best performance yesterday. Cole's similar as well, I think. Um, and the distribution from the back perhaps needs to improve, I think. Okay, and, uh, right, well, we're gonna move on now and, uh, to the first of three interviews on this week's show. And, uh, the first one is, uh, Hans, he spoke to John Challoner after yesterday's match and started by asking him if he's disappointed with going back to York with only a point. Yeah, I think, um, obviously it's gonna be hard for any team to come away with the points, uh, to go 1-0 up, uh, and not be able to hold on to it. I think, yeah, we're going home disappointed with, with only a point, because we think we could have, you know, got to come away with three points. Right, it was, um, tough game, I think, for both sides. It was, uh, a bit of a mid, midfield struggle in many ways. Yeah, I mean, Exeter set back with two backs of four, and we're down to off to try and break them down, but, you know, fair play to Exeter, they're tough teams to beat, and, you know, I think, that might be an important point, point for us uh, to come away with. Not to be back in the league finally? Oh, definitely. You know, it's something that I wanted to do for a while and uh, to come back, the first thing I looked was to see when we were playing XO away and uh, enjoyed every minute of it. Right. I, um, I live in Oldshot and one of my okay. best goals I think I've ever seen you score yeah. was down at the big back in front yeah. of us against Oldshot. Against Oldshot. Yeah. He slipped it in from the uh, by line. Yeah, yeah. Do you have many better goals than that? I think Excellent. that one's got to be up there. Uh, obviously, people say about the, the Wimbledon goal in the FA Cup. Um, right. The one against Woking. But, no, that one's up there just because it was yeah. against all the shot on my ex-team as well. But, but any goal that you score, you, 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 you want to you know, embrace them. Mm-hmm. As I said, I love them all. Thanks very much to John Chandler for taking the time to speak to us and for Hans for uh, taking the time to speak to John Chandler as well. Um, right, we're going to discuss League Two now. And it was another... Very eventful day. Gillingham, what a magnificent turn of form they've had. Uh, Danny Kedwell with two goals as Gillingham retained top spot in League Two with a convincing victory against struggling Bristol Rovers. And it's all going uh, Martin Allen's way, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, they're looking really good so far this year. They're, well, they're three points clear now at the top. Still only six games on, but they've only dropped two points out of the possible 18 that they've, uh, they could have won. And yeah, yesterday, 4-0 win. I know Bristol Rovers are struggling. But still, that's a very impressive result. And obviously, they've got Kedwell, who's the joint top scorer now in League Two with six. And so he's banging the goals up front. And, uh, yeah, Martin Allen seems to have gone in there and really inspired them so far this year anyway. They'll probably have a dip in form at some point, as happens to everyone who sort of flies away at the start of the season. But for the moment, they're looking like the best team in the league, as shown by the league, league table, obviously. Yep. Uh, Danny Kedwell, of course, who helped AFC Wimbledon get into the Football League. He's now helping uh, Gillingham try to get into League Two, uh, League 1, I beg your pardon. Um, as for Bristol Rovers, well, in the relegation zone, 23rd, which is two points from their five games. They've played one less than uh, everyone else, to be fair. But, well, really, considering the the finances they have backing them, it's a pretty dismal start to the season, isn't it, Paul? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, we seem to be talking about them every week and whether they'll ever sort of pick up and get going this year. And so far, they just haven't been able to do it. I mean, they are unfortunate that they had that game where they were winning and it got abandoned, but that's no excuse for the other four or five that they've only picked up points or lost convincingly as they did yesterday. And you'd think it wouldn't be long before a change of manager there because they can't keep up with this start because a drop out of the Football League would be an absolute disaster for them. I mean, it's too, probably too early to start talking about that, really, but still, they have really haven't impressed so far this season. And uh, as for Burton Albion, that was a good win uh, yesterday, wasn't it, against Oxford United? Goals from Calvin Zola and Jacks Magoma um, helped them to a four, emphatic 4 nil win over Oxford United, who of course lost to Exeter the week before. What did you think of Burton when they went to uh, St James Park, Paul? Yeah, see, I don't know about you, but I didn't really think that much of them. I mean, I was very surprised to see they'd beaten Oxford 4-0 yesterday because, I mean, they had Zola looked handy up front, like it could be a threat on goal. But, I mean, they they just didn't look particularly impressive when, I mean, they looked a bit route one, a bit sort of average, really. I mean, they dominated the start of the second half and they were trying to get a goal back once City, as City had established a 2-0 lead. But overall, I wasn't particularly impressed. But they seem to have been very sort of inconsistent this year. They've had either heavy defeats or thumping victories by the looks of it. So um, it's just a strange sort of team, really. You don't know which one you're going to get on a weekly basis. Yeah, I was uh, yeah, I was quite impressed with Calvin Zola. I agree with you. I thought he was a decent striker and, yeah, probably... Um, one of their only decent players, Magoma, was pretty good as well, the um, creative midfielder. Um, as for uh, Plymouth, they lost. They were leading, weren't they? 1-0 against Port Vale yesterday in the three uh, goals in the last half an hour for Port Vale. meant they stormed to a 3-1 win um, at home park. Um, they're now second in the league, Port Vale. And uh, we, we seem to talk about them every week, don't we, and how they're doing so well. Um, do you think they can get automatic promotion, Paul? Well, it definitely looks like they could achieve it because they seem to have the measure of all the teams they've played so far, really. And uh, they thumped Rotherham, of course, last week, which was one of the most impressive results because Rotherham were tipped, obviously, to be going up as well. So, And then, yeah, a good away win at Plymouth yesterday. And it's, they seem to have adopted maybe sort of a siege mentality because they've got all the financial problems going on. But the players on the pitch don't seem to be worrying about that and they're just getting on with it and getting the results. And, yeah, at the moment, it's looking like they could mount a promotion challenge. Yeah, and uh, as for Cheltenham, they've had a bit of an on-and-off start, haven't they? They lost 3-1 at home to Southend yesterday. Of course, they reached the playoff final uh, last year where they lost to Crew Alexandra, but they're 15th this season. And, Paul, do you think they'll be uh, mid-table? Uh, I, I guess so, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I don't really know too much about them, I'll be honest. But, like you say, they've had a fairly inconsistent start. They haven't really got going yet. They had a heavy home defeat to Southern back to Accrington a couple of weeks ago as well. And um, yeah, I think maybe they overachieved last season with the squad that they had. And um, so perhaps mid-table is more their sort of natural place to be within the league table, I think. Yeah. And uh, as for South End, they're picking up and they had a slow start to the season, but Bull Starks men are now eighth in the table. Can you see them mounting a uh, promotion bid, Bull? Yeah, I think so. They had a good year last year. They came close. And um, there, Paul Stark's a decent manager at this level. He's done it. He's got teams promoted before. And uh, they've had their financial issues as well, as most teams, a lot of teams at this level seem to have had. But they've seemed to have put that behind them. And, uh, yeah, they've got a good squad, I think. And, uh, yeah, like you say, they've picked up after a slow start. And I can definitely see them in around the playoffs. Bradford. And they've been... Doing really well this season, haven't they? They've uh, got another win, 3-0 win at um, Lowly Barnet yesterday. 
They're now in seventh, and they, well, they seem to be in League Two every season, don't they? But could this finally be the year that they finally get out of the uh, basement Football League division? Possibly, I think. I mean, they can't read too much into yesterday because Barnet, I think, are a poor side, and you'd expect Bradford, with the home advantage, to beat Barnet comfortably, which they did. I mean, the test for them... Was it last week they went to Rotherham, or the week before they went to Rotherham and got thumped 4-0? And that's, they're the sort of teams that are going to be up and around challenging for promotion, and if they can't handle them, then maybe they won't get out of League 2 this year. But um, we'll have to wait and see, obviously, the fans still expect. They've had a long time in this basement tier, and um, they'll think it's their time to get out of it, as they do every year, I think, as well. 9,500 at Valley Parade yesterday, and that'll only rise if they keep winning games, so... I mean, they, they think, I think they definitely got a chance, but whether they'll actually have enough to get over the line and get promoted, I'm not sure, because there are some decent teams up around the top of League 2. Yeah, and uh, Phil Parkinson, of course, is there at Bradford now, isn't he? He did, did pretty well, I thought, at Charlton. He almost got them up, didn't he, in the, in the uh, season where we almost went down, I think. Uh, Charlton very nearly went up, but he uh, just couldn't quite get them up, and then I think he lost his way, I think, the following season. So he's not a bad manager at this level. Grecian talk. Hans spoke to Paul Tisdale on the train after yesterday's match. Apologies for the dodgy sound quality, but uh, it was on the train, so um, we will forgive Hans for that. So here it is, the interview with Paul Tisdale. I'm joined with Paul Tisdale. We've got um, Wickham on Tuesday. Um, fairly mixed set of results over the years, but we always seem to be in the same division. So how do you think we'll get on against Wickham? Well, you never know me. Um this stage in the season being, being, being quite early in the season you never quite know what the situation will be but we know a lot of their players we know that they have some very good individuals um, the manager is someone who's worked with that team for a long time and a big consistent set of uh, principles and theories um, I have to be honest um, I haven't looked at them yet but um, they've had a tough start to the season I think we have to be very wary of any, any side that visits from James Park because they'll all see it as a, a big scalp and they'll all want to do well here for us. I mean, Gary Roddick seems to be quite a good manager. Um, um, he did very well at Oldershaw and I think Oldershaw has missed him since they've left. Uh, Wickham, very much similar to our season last season and came down with us, have gone up in promotion with us and uh, so on. We kind of keep tags with each other. Well, I think it's, it's how you respond to certain experiences, and we've both been relegated last year, we've both, both had to deal with the disappointment of that experience, and it's how you deal with that, and how you respond, and how you rebuild your size, and I suppose that will be what both clubs will look for over the first quarter of the season, is what the signs are for the rest of the, rest of the year, I mean, at the, at, at the moment, you know, it's still very early days, um, it's a tough ask for any manager, uh, Gary or myself, putting a new team together, new set of ideas, and uh, managing the expectations of the players. But um, I'm sure we will continue to play against Wickham in the in, in, in the in the forthcoming years. And uh, you know we've managed quite often just to just to pick them at uh, the post and, um, and be ahead of them and win 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 important games draw games and I, I'm hoping that we um, we put a very good performance on Tuesday because I'd like to again put a marker down for the rest of the season that uh, you know, this first quarter of the season we, we mean business 
I mean, Morecambe seem to be, can only be described now, I think, as a, a blip. Um, I, I was there at Overshot, which is where I live, and that was a huge amount of pride. Eventually, uh, we managed to win uh, at Overshot, um, 2-1. Um, go, that fantastic goal down the, uh, the length of the pit. It's a bit like Puritan against Oxford again, you know, it's two-thirds of the pits to score his first goal, and we're kind of, like most of us were saying, past Liam, and of course he doesn't need to do that sort of thing, he's got the ability to just simply score. Well, every game's a new challenge, it's certainly nice to um, put history straight, and I was reminded many times that the older shot game was their game, and I knew myself that we failed to, I think, even draw there for so long, um, but we played with a lot of conviction, and off the back of the Morgan game, you know, the players responded extremely well, and you have to give credit to the players because it was a tr- it was a, a horrendous start. I mean, for whether whether you blame the team, the individuals, me, or whoever whoever is culpable for that performance, um, it, it damages everyone's confidence. And it damages what you think going into the next game, and the way we responded, I'm you know more than happy with with um, what the team did on that day. It, it's not easy to respond to a, such a disappointing game as that. I, I think the fans were sort of so relieved that that was a blip. Uh, and the confidence has been restored hugely um, by that result of Oldshaw. And then um, Accrington Stanley, I mean, that was just uh, phenomenal. And Gareth, that's this, what do they call it, the Rabona kick, I think. Yeah, well, I'll leave that to, to you to discuss that one with him. I don't, I, you know, it's not something we, we practice or we coach. <laughs> um, no, it's been, a, it's been a steady start to the season. I hope we don't get any more blips. I hope we. Yeah. Proved to be consistent, and I hope we've proved to play steadily, and we build a good team, and we can continue to improve the team as we go on. But if you'd asked me where we'd lie after six games, how many points we'd accrue, I'm more than happy with the with the 13 we've taken so far. Yeah, I, I, I think most of the fans are more than happy. I think we're fourth um, after today, and I think that's far better than most of us was expecting. It's absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much, Paul. That's uh, brilliant. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank you very much to Tiz for taking the time to speak to us and for Hans. Um, right, we're going to look ahead now to, on Tuesday, Exeter against Wickham. Um, Paul, it's very different occasion to last season in League One, wasn't it? That doomsday match when we were thumped, <laughs> weren't we, by Wickham? And, well, it was all depressing after that game. Yeah, that was that was awful that night. I mean, it was the night that I think when... It really hit home that Exeter were going to get relegated last year. We'd been thinking about it, but there, it was, I think there were the two games. It was a Saturday and Tuesday against Preston and Wickham. And we all kind of said before, oh, we need a f- at least four points out of that and then we'll kick on from there. We got no points out of either of them. And, um, it was at that point that we, I think I exe- accepted anyway that they were going to go down and they were outplayed really by a team who were only just above them in the relegation zone, which was very depressing to see. But like you say, completely different now. They're opposite ends of the table. Wickham have made a surprisingly poor start to the season. They've been a bit of a yo-yo club between Leagues 1 and 2 over the past few years. Uh, they were comfortably beaten yesterday at Chesterfield. And, yeah, so I think a good chance for Exeter to pick up three points. They lost Stuart Bevan, didn't they, to Preston earlier on in the season. Um, and they seem to be shipping goals quite heavily in the past few games. So should it be a comfortable win for City Purple? I th- well, I'm not comfortable, I don't think, because Wickham will still pose a threat, and uh, they've got some, they've still got some decent players in there, of course, and they've, I'm not sure how much of their squad is kept from last year, but they nearly escaped relegation last year, and they did a better job of it than Exeter did, so, um, yeah, it won't be a comfortable win, I don't think, but Exeter should have enough about them, providing they get back to the form of 
the winning run rather than what we saw for quite a lot of yesterday. Um, if they can pick up where they left off at sort of Oxford, then I think they should have too much of Wickham, especially at home as well. What do you think? Um, well, I'm not sure. I think could be a, a tricky game. They've got Joku 4, haven't they, uh, Wickham, who've Exeter have placed, uh, um, faced many a time, the former Bristol Rovers striker, and of course uh, Tommy Doherty, his former club, um, of, of whom he got uh, twice awarded League Two Player of the um, well, Team of the Year for his time at Wickham. And I, I don't know, it's, it's going to be a tricky game. I think if we've got Alan Gow back and Curitan up front, I think, I think we should win, but there's never an easy game, is there, in League Two, especially against a side who were relegated last season. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, so we'll just wait and see, but hopefully, yeah, we'll hope for the three points. But yeah, it'll be, a, be an interesting game actually. See how both sides have reacted to the the pain of relegation last year, and we'll be able to see which one looks better equipped to try and get back into League One. Okay, yeah, and uh, we'll have all the reaction to that one on uh, next week's show as well. Right then, onto the final feature of this week's Grecian Talk, and. It's a final interview as well. Aaron Davis's dad, Michael, uh, spoke to Hans before, uh, in the bar before yesterday's game, and uh, here's the interview. I'm with uh, Aaron Davis's dad, Michael, who's uh, come down. He's normally a Cardiff City season ticket holder, but seems to be watching his son a few times this season. Mike, how do you think your son's uh, doing so far with Exeter? Um, quiet start. He's, he's building. His confidence is getting better. He hasn't at the end of last season, he didn't play for a while, and is uh, what I would say a confidence player. I can see it sort of growing in him game by game, and I think Exeter City fans haven't seen the best of him yet. Because he had a good goal against Burton. Yeah. How's he? Uh, how's he liking Exeter? A long way from everywhere. Absolutely loving it. He knows the West Country, and as a family. All our uh, family holidays have either been informal or Devon, so we know the area quite well. Um, I think he's settling fairly well and he's fairly re- relaxed and enjoying it. Okay. Right, training regime, good for him? Absolutely superb. Absolutely superb. So he works with Porters down and Andy Tilson? Yeah. Um, to be fair to me, Aaron's worked under various coaches, lots of good coaches, lots of good, good managers. Um, he did say to me the other day when he was home, that the training regime at Exeter is probably um, on par with the best he's ever had in his career. Um, he said it's all structured. Uh, everybody knows what they're doing. He said it is great. Um, the only place he probably had the equivalent training is with Steve Wigley, who's involved with the England setup with Stuart Pearce when he was at Southampton. He's played, he's played for Wales in the past. Uh, yeah. He must um, have ambitions to go back and play for Wales again. Well, at the moment, the way Wales played in midweek, I could probably play <laughs> and yourself. Me <laughs> yeah. and you at the back, they wouldn't get past us. Uh, a very difficult six <laughs> ones up, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, been frustrating fact, for I, him. I watched Wales for 10 minutes and watched the England game, to be fair. I am sort of half and half patriotic. But, uh, uh, yeah, Wales, we won't talk about that. Does he, has he set himself any sort of ambitions for the season, like number of goals scored or anything? He has, yeah. I think he wants, uh, you know, uh, he wants to play a number of games. Uh, Aaron's always scored goals in his career, bar when he was at Peterborough. Uh, he scored a few at Northampton. But when he was a youngster, Aaron was good for, you know, 10, 15 goals from a midfield player every season. And I think he wants to attain or get back to them sort of goal scoring. He's a goal scorer. 
Um, he enjoys scoring goals, and I think he will. Yeah, I, I, I think from what I've seen of him, he's uh, he seems to have got goals yeah. in him, and ten goals a season from him would be uh, for excellent, excellent yeah. for Exeter if we're going to push on for promotion. As a professional, I think the most he's ever scored in the season is ten, and I've told him he needs to be scoring fifty. Right. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much to Michael Davis for that uh, interview, and thanks for Hans to speaking to him. And right, that's about it for this week's Grecian Talk. Many thanks to uh, Paul Martin. You did a very good job on your own, Paul. <laughs> thanks. Hopefully this won't happen every week, though. They'll get t- sick and tired of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll be back at Hans if he's, um, when he finally gets his train home next week. Um, <laughs> yeah, so thanks very much to you, Paul. And thanks very much to John Challoner, Paul Tisdale, and uh, Michael Davis for their uh, time speaking to Hans for this week's show. And thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with more Grecian Talk. The music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. His website, incompetech.com.